Welcome to Products to Profits with Sarah J. Cross, the podcast for creative product fempreneurs who want to play a bigger game and upscale their business. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm Sarah J. Cross, and I'm here to support you on your journey to becoming a successful product business owner with tips, strategies, and stories to support and guide you through the good times and the challenges of running a product-based business. Today, I am so thrilled to have the most glorious, gorgeous human alive, Victoria McGrain from the Scenic Group, who is actually a past client of mine and a friend. I call her a good friend. And Victoria has had an extraordinary journey in her business so far. And today she's sharing her journey with us. Welcome, Vic. So nice to be here. Thank you. I almost said welcome as well. That was quite the introduction. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So tell us more about your business, The Scenic Route. So The Scenic Route, it's my little business. Um, my background is that I'm an artist and textile designer. Um, I had a long career in the fashion and textile industry doing all sorts of things. Things. Um, and then I decided to start my own little business. Um, so I create patterns and illustrations inspired by the beauty of nature and Australian flora and fauna. Um, I do have my own line of products, um, but at the moment I'm mainly focusing on working with other brands um, on licensing and um, creating artwork for other brands. Beautiful. And You've also done something, we have done something together, haven't we? We have. I created a little collection of patterns for your brand, Little Koala Living, which um, is like a dream collaboration for me. One of my sort of niches is doing, you know, small ethical brands, like Australiana inspired. So yeah, I really enjoyed working on that project. So yeah. thank you. And I always had my heart set on any artist that I was going to collaborate with and license and um, license designs was always going to be you I always had you on the top of my list from you know having had a long history of um, us knowing each other and working together on your business so how long have you been in business for in the scenic route and what has the journey looked like so far with your own business? So I officially started my business at the end of 2017 and my path has definitely not been linear. I'm screen printing things in my shed in the garden and then I started making some greeting cards and going around to local shops. I lived in Coffs Harbour at the time and it was all very small and, and little. Um, yeah, I was starting to get a bit more interested in what I was doing and getting getting a bit of a following on Instagram and like working on my social media and a lovely friend of mine um, from Coffs Harbour introduced me to you and things kind of really took off from there. So I was very like initially focused on creating products, all sorts of products with my artwork on them, um, my fabrics, tea towels, cards. I had your, I was your first um, purchaser for the peel and stick wallpaper for my um, studio. Yes, that's right. I was doing wallpaper. Like I just went bonkers and I was just doing like so many things and I got so excited by it. And like, it was very, very successful. It took off really quickly and it was a really amazing sort of time to have that kind of business. I was doing like the trade shows um, and finders keepers and um, yeah, just getting lots of different wholesale stockers. Um, and then my partner and I did a bit of a crazy thing where we moved to the outback for his work. I lived in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere 
And that's when I really got into outsourcing for my business. Um, so with your help, I set up a 3PL and I was sort of running that product-based business from the middle of nowhere. Oh. Um, yeah. And then um, I decided since it was all set up to work remotely, uh, my partner and I decided to buy a bus <laughs> and travel around Australia. And that was in January 2020. And then everything just changed for everyone. And I did continue to run the business. And actually COVID itself wasn't a terrible time for my business. I was doing a lot more fabric and stuff then. Um, I also got a licensing deal where I licensed some of my designs to Spotlight. It was really great. It was pretty tough at times, like traveling in the bus, not having a fixed address. It was challenging. So I sort of made a decision pretty much in like 2021, I think, where I wanted to focus more on the licensing side of my business and less on my own products. So I haven't completely wound down doing my own products, but at the moment, my focus is definitely more working with other brands. And yeah, and I'm sorry, that was such a long tangent. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I mean, you are insanely talented and yet very, you remain very humble, which I really love. Mm-hmm. What have been your biggest successes so far with the scenic route? Because with the scenic route, uh, what I did love when we first met was that you always had that intention of calling the business that because you did intend to do the travel. And that was obviously going to inspire a lot of your um, collections, wasn't it, in your travels that you did? Yes. And I think like traveling has always been like a real love of mine, you know, which is why we sort of, I decided, you know, to take that big plunge and and travel, you know, do the whole loop around Australia. Yeah. Um, but like in terms of my big successes, I always find that like, hard because I don't see myself as having one big success I see like lots and lots of little tiny successes that sort of added up to building like this sort of engaged and loyal following of people who really love my work and you know because I'm a creative person it can be challenging to start a business um, you know do that whole business side of things but I'm really glad that I did do that and I'll never regret doing the product side of my business because it gave me that impetus to sort of put myself out there and, you know, not have to, I don't know, people to see my work basically. Fabulous. So Vic, what strategies have made the biggest impact on your success in the business? When I was doing the products, like the biggest thing that I did that helped it be successful was learning how to outsource. Um, And I still do that to an extent now, Um, you know, not in the same way, um, but there's, you know, people like I have a bookkeeper that I've had for years and, and things like that, where I will just outsource the things I'm either not good at, or that I find really difficult. So I have time to focus on what I am good at and what I do love. Yeah. Um, And I think um, is by really nurturing my following I hope and like you know the people that love my work and and having that sort of very engaged following not just customers but you know just being very engaged with people and yeah I guess the thing is you know making a big impact it can be on other people it doesn't always have to be in your business as well But I think as well, like sort of what I was saying before, like about, um, you know, have sort of really changed my business. And I think just being willing and accepting and able to step back from things that aren't working and and just sort of say, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not 
going to be, you know, down on myself or think I'm a failure because I'm not doing this. It's just really because yeah. I'm trying to think about what, what can I do that's going to bring the most value to my life and my business and what do I want, you know, what do I want to be doing? And, and the truth is I feel like really grateful that, you know, I've been able to get my work out there, but what I really love doing is creating and doing that creative side of things more so than, you know, the business side. <laughs> yeah. And I like that, you know, you've obviously got now a lot of experience as an artist, illustrator, working with other businesses that produce a product. And then you've also created your own product. So you've been on both sides of the coin. Yeah, and I um, really love that, that you've got that experience so you can kind of understand how how it works for, for both um, parts of the business. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, when I do work with brands, I do really try and, you know, work collaboratively with them and, and um, understand, you know, all of those things that I learned from doing my own products. And so for newer business owners out there, like, what would you recommend that they should focus on the most, you know, that's going to give them the biggest result? So we interrupt this podcast to tell you all about the Creative Product Institute Mastermind. It's a time to level up your business and implement my proven signature system for creative product business expansion. When I got started at only 24 years old, I built a successful corporate gift hamper service starting from my kitchen table. I went from landing a $30,000 offer and wrapping every package by hand myself to a company with annual sales of 1.5 million per year. And it certainly wasn't all glitz and glamour. I was completely overwhelmed and to start with, and I was trying to manage everything in my business all by myself. So out of it, I actually have been able to devise a really solid program for those of you who are looking to take your business to the next stage. So if your business is established for more than two to three years, you're ready to invest in yourself 10 times in your sales, and you're really committed as an action taker and ready to get the bigger results, then pop onto my website, which is sarahjcross.com and find the mastermind and you can apply there to have a chat with me or go to the creativeproductinstitute.com to learn more all about signing up and scaling further. Now back to the show. Definitely to focus on like sustainable growth and not trying to grow things too fast, not oh. say yes to every, every single thing that comes along and just being very selective. I think it's really important because sometimes, you know, it's very exciting and you can get given loads of different opportunities and you spread yourself really thin. Um, so I would say like, it's really good to focus on, like to really try and focus and hone in on those, you know, things that you really working for you, I guess, and yeah. not be scared to say no to the things that aren't working for you, you yeah. know, and, and the thing is as well to learn from anything, you know, that you do do that's not working from you because it's all amazing and it's all growth. Yeah. But in the end, I think there can be this huge, you know, internal pressure where you're like, oh, I need to just like, get as big as possible and make as much money as possible. Whereas before we sort of started recording, we were talking a little bit about that, you know, like mm -hmm. getting to a point where you are 
um, setting boundaries and you're not tolerating things that can make you feel overwhelmed, you know, like letting go of some of that hustle and actually focusing on doing the activities that you really enjoy that fill your cup and make you feel really good um, rather than, you know, like sort of saying yes to everyone and like you said, spreading yourself too thin and then um, you can burn out or you can end up having health related issues or, you know, mental health issues. Like there's all sorts of things that happen if you um, are going too hard, too fast. And, you know, it can actually, it can, it can be sort of something that can set, I've seen it happen, you know, set people back, go backwards really. Um, something I definitely had to learn the hard way because I think as well, if you, you know, you are like very passionate about what you do and you love what you do, you do want to kind of try and do all the things and say yes to everything, you know? Yeah, no, it's extra. I think it's just a sign of uh, life experience and age, you know, like as you get more like experienced, you just sort of tolerate less, but you also, it comes down to not trying to make everyone else um happy you know like (laughs) actually making yourself happy first like filling your own cup and also I think now that I am nearly 50 I think I worry less about what people think as well and I think there's always been that social pressure you feel like you've got to do things sometimes to you know keep up appearances whereas now I don't care so much like I had a really so Vic you've had amazing success as an artist by, by collaborating with uh, um, many product-based businesses. So can you tell me more about that and how that came about? Because I know you're focusing a lot more now on your licensing side of the business, but I know that you've also worked and collaborated with a lot of really amazing product-based businesses. Yep. Um, so initially, a lot, of, um, a lot of the collaborations and things I've done have come about through Instagram, um, which, you know, Things have changed slightly now, but it used to be such an amazing way to, um, you know, be discovered and to to get your brand out there. I think, you know, it's still worth doing and it still exists, obviously, but it has obviously really changed in the last couple of years. Um, And people do still come across my work, you know, through Instagram, but just not to the same degree but essentially a lot of it has just come about you know through the fact that I did get out there do my own products and was able to kind of um show you know oh like my work looks really good on yeah it doesn't art like it looks good on fabric it looks good on wallpaper it looks good on you know and I think it's sort of um each time you you know do your own product or you collaborate with someone else it kind of has that snowball effect and I think the beauty of of collaborations is so many of them have come about with from a previous collaboration that I've done um so yeah I think um I think it's little lots of different things um it's funny because there's so many different I've actually even done one of those courses um where it's about you know pitching your work as a textile designer there's so many of those courses available and I've never actually done it (laughs) But, and I, I was in a sort of chat with a bunch of other, um, you know, textile artists and I just was feeling like, oh gosh, you know, I should be doing it. And everybody kind of admitted, oh no, I don't do it either. I feel like I should, or I've done it and nothing really comes yeah. from that. So I think um, 
you know, I think if you just have that real genuine engagement with people, though, you know, whenever I'm, you know, at a, a market, you know, which I haven't done for a while, to be honest, but if I'm out somewhere in public, um, you know, I'll chat to people or if I'm online, I'll try and, you know, like if there's somebody's brand that I'm really interested in, I'll follow them, but it won't just be like, you know, a random thing of like, hi, I'd love to design yeah. for you. You know, I'll, yeah, I try and make it as real and honest as possible, and and yeah. yeah, hopefully our brands will come together. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so, what are say like three top things you'd recommend to let's say a product based owner owner because most like majority of my listeners are all running their own you know e-commerce mm-hmm. product business what do they you know what are the three things they need to consider when they're looking to collaborate and work with an artist um you know in terms of what are the sort of three highlights that they should look out for okay so the first thing I think that's really important um when you're looking to collaborate with an artist is um the brand alignment and you know ideally a potential for like an ongoing collaboration I mean it doesn't have to be ongoing but I think those are the best collaborations but like are your brands really aligned like not just visually but you know like are the other brands you know just say the artist has done other collaborations do those brands kind of align with yours you know if you're a you know certain type of product business have they worked with another product business that's quite similar you know in which case it's like you know you want to get find somebody that hasn't you know done the same product that you have so it's something new and really fresh but also yeah something that is going to sit really well you know, with your business, like, don't just go for something that you think, oh, this is on trend, or this is, you know, whatever, like, it's something that really, I think it should really speak to you, and like, your heart, and like, you know, sometimes personal taste isn't such a big thing, you know, obviously, you do have to consider what's really going to sell, but I do think there has to be that sort of genuine brand alignment, and um, yeah, and then the next thing I think is important, is that it should be mutually beneficial, So ideally, I think with a collaboration, you know, if you're going to work with an artist like you, I've done some ones which might seem really good, but they were horrible for me because I just felt a bit like, oh, okay, this, like, you know, it's fine. Like, and I'm happy I got paid. But, you know, when you just like, okay, here's, here's the artwork, here's the artwork, here's, here's the money and never hear from you again. They never bother tagging me in the Instagram posts or social media posts. Like it's, it just feels a bit like, oh, okay, that was just a bit, I don't know. Right, though, like it's about yeah. bringing new eyeballs across yeah. to somebody else, especially because you as an artist have an established following and fan exactly. group and people that repeat by. I mean, they're going to want to see a, an opportunity to buy it on another, in another format, on another textile or on another yeah. product. And uh, it's a partnership thing, isn't it, really? It's sort of having a... Um, actually beneficial partnership where you're supporting each other definitely and I think like you know just small things like being able to you know agree to like share photos and like tag each other and the best collaborations I've done are the ones where you do really have that dialogue and you can kind of you know speak to each other about like oh the launch date is this date so you know I'll put something in my newsletter and you know those are like I think just stuff like that is valuable and it can work really well for both of the brand and the artist because, 
you know, you bring different things to the table and, um, you know, that's my second one. Um, and then the last thing that's obviously super important, I, I guess it's like a couple of different things, but it's like clarity on pricing, um, mm. transparency on pricing, and then also having like a really strong contract. Mm. And usually, um, you know, now I do have all of that stuff in place and it took me a long time as an artist to get that together and that was you know one of the reasons I had to get it together was a bit of a bad experience mm. when I wasn't as good at articulating my needs you know and I'd be a bit vague about things and I'd done a lot of collaborations where it all just kind of worked and then I ended up doing one where there was miscommunication and on payment on the number of products. And then also the person felt that they just owned the artwork, which awesome. is not the same as licensing the artwork. And, mm. you know, it was just all turned into a bit of a mess. So I think that there really has to be, you know, very clear um, guidelines around that. And yeah. I think if you do approach an artist and they're amazing, but they're a bit vague on that, you know, there's so many resources now for like artists and pattern designers and things where they can get that information yeah. and they might just not be ready to do it yeah. or, you know, and it, it goes back to the mutually beneficial thing as well, where, you know, and sometimes it's not even just about money. Like it can be, you know, about all sorts of things, but I think, yeah, I just think there has to be like, and people can't take things personally, you know, and I think, the other thing that has to be considered is a lot of artists, myself included, <laughs> yeah, we get very personally attached yeah. to work that we've done. So we can get a bit emotional. So that can be, you know, something tricky to navigate, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. So brand alignment, <laughs> a mutually beneficial um, partnership or collaboration. And the third one you said was clarity on your pricing being transparent and having everything put together in writing in a contract so that there is no doubt or questioning or conflict um, at the end of, you know, a collaboration so that it's um, a, a good commercial transaction that's positive, a win-win for everyone. That's it. And that's true. And it's just as much for the brand as for the artist, because you want to be confident in, you know, selling your product that the artist isn't going to be then licensing it to a competing brand or, you know, all of those things. And you really know what your rights of usage are around that product. So, yeah, yeah. it's so wonderful. I know it's been a while since we've sort of caught up and it's just so nice to actually have you on the podcast. And thanks so much for being here. Uh, Victoria so if anyone any of my listeners want to find you what where's the best place for them to follow your work and to interact with you um I think probably still on Instagram so at the scenic route underscore studio um and then I have a website which is the scenic au. but it's yes I've been changing things up so my website is not looking too much <laughs> at the moment so maybe yeah. the Instagram. <laughs> Instagram is, yeah, so they can actually just get on and see your beautiful work. Well, everyone, I hope you found today's chat as exciting as I did. If you love this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend or leave us a review so more people can find us. It's time for me to say goodbye and I'll see you in our next episode. This week's episode is brought to you by Fearless Fempreneur. 
Learn how to scale your business by getting gorgeous products stocked in major airports and national retailers. Grab your copy at sarahjcross.com. Loved this episode of Products to Profits? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.